Hello, I'm Corey Moss, and you are listening to The Cavalry Ride Show. Hi, I'm Chuck Espinoza, and you're listening to The Cavalry Ride Show. Hello, this is Mark Coxon, AV Phenom, and you are listening to The Cavalry Ride Show. Hi, this is Stacy Kringlin, and you are listening to The Cavalry Rides Show. All right. How inspiring. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, <laughs> for joining us tonight. I love uh, seeing my fellow co-hosts here, as always. And Corey, because I know you're going to ask me, how you doing? Okay, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, how am I doing? Yeah, you oh. always want me to ask you how you're doing. So I, thought not, not. Actually, I actually didn't expect it here, but now that you ask, this is good. <laughs> Because I have to tell you, um, I saw something in Facebook, a friend of mine posts uh, about traffic in DC Metro. Mm -hmm. She says during a time of the day when you don't expect traffic, at least anywhere on the planet except here, um, why is there traffic? And I sit there going, Chuck, right? DC Metro, the Beltway, traffic? Really? It's, all, you, it's always traffic. Yeah. You, you don't. Unless you have time, you don't take the Beltway. And unless right. you have like a Facebook account that you don't mind accessing from your car, don't text and drive. Well, I just, do. Just so. Facebook. Just Facebook. I Facebook and drive. Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, and I tweet and drive too, folks. So That's cool. Anyway, totally cool. Um, Stacy's shaking her head like she's yep. going to get us. Because well, they don't because know you guys. Right. Stacey but anyway. Lives Stacy lives in Minnesota, and I was I was in Minnesota last week, and I had to go every morning from Bloomington, where the uh, Mall of America's at, into uh, Eden Prairie, and traffic was pretty good, except one day there was a moose in the road, so we all had to <laughs> whatever. There was not. <laughs> there was too. no. So so today we have a few guests, and you know I heard another audio video show this week that was talking about projection and had a lot of barking, so. I thought I would raise the bar by having a show that talked about projection and had Barco instead. So today I have three oh. people from Barco and then a very special guest um, as well. So first off today, we have Allison. Allison Hello. is a PR specialist from Barco. How are you doing, Allison? I'm good. How are you guys? I am doing well. And, you know, from my Facebook stalking, I have to say you have a little bit of an Amy Adams thing going on there, which I'm sure you've heard before. She does have an Amy Adams. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. There's an Amy Adams thing going on there. There is. Thank you. Right That's there. probably the best compliment I've ever gotten. Really? That's well, it? Well, good. See, look at that. You come on the show and you get a great compliment from an AV guy. Uh -uh. Sweet. And we're not supposed to be women-friendly in AV, right? Isn't that like the rumor? But I think I think nope. goes away. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I would have to say, <laughs> I, think, say? I think these guys are. Yeah, exactly. And then Allison oh, has you. brought one of her friends from Barco who has mm -hmm. an amazing title. I've never met a sin evangelist before, but I'm going to let Allison introduce um, Ted because she knows a little bit more about him than I do. Yes. So Ted Shilowitz, he is our the one and only cinema evangelist who is part of our digital cinema division who is helping us and has been helping us for the last almost year launch what is probably the most cutting edge in theater movie going entertainment barco escape oh. so i thought um wouldn't it be fitting to uh maybe bring ted on to talk about all the things that we've got going on in the theater world the movie theater world and, and just to introduce him. 
And he's got quite a background. Ted is not only our sin evangelist, but he's also the futurist at 20th Century Fox. Wow. Which wow. Is just a, you know, a small role that he likes to play at. <laughs> he's, he's, the, uh, he's, the Ray, he's the Ray Kurzweil of the AV industry, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so if, if anybody knows if, if I can, let me introduce Ted Shillowitz to everybody, guys. Ted. Ted, hey, we got Ted. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I don't think we can uh -oh. hear Ted. Oh, we lost Ted. Oh, we lost what? Ted's audio. We lost his voice. He okay. can hear us. Ted lost his voice. But we can't hear him. Yeah. Yeah. About now? Oh, there we go. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, we got you. We got you. Okay. We got right. you. <laughs> he plugged you in. There you are. Plug my earbud. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, listen, hey, technical difficulties was... are all a part of the show. Don't worry about it. I, I just wanted to know what Charlie was drinking out of that very large pitcher that seemed very empty at its just the beginning of the show. This right. Uh, this is only so, the beginning. So we did a we did a pan before you got here. That's what went down prior to. Nice. So I'm, right. I'm about ten deep right now, and right. that's coming up for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, here. All right. Well, so if you can't if you can't see that out in Radio Land, it's a lot of beer. <laughs> we're gonna, That's what we're we expect out of a Chuck Espinosa, actually. Mm -hmm. so, hey, wait a uh, second, wait a second, Corey. Something just happened. And Corey what seems happened? to he's Corey's eating something over there, and it's, we I'm, had, a, I'm we had another hungry. number pop. Well, in. I am actually eating my favorite food in the world, and Allison knows this. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is our fa actually our favorite food, Allison. What is that? Ooh, could it be pho? Well, pho? it could be pho, could it could be, be pho, pho. pho, it could be anything you it call be, it. It could be pho pho. But, this is pho from our favorite place in the world here in Falls Church, Virginia. Who's on the line? Ooh. Caller, are you on the Hello? line? Hello? Hello? Hello, this Hello. is Lisa from Fuss Hey! Lisa! Hello. Hey! How are you, Lisa? Lisa? Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Lisa? Uh, Corey. Why? You scared her away. Me? I didn't scare I her so. away. Uh, you all scared her away. <laughs> oh, great. Well, well you know, I great. hope there our, goes our my guest... Our other guest, Corey, we have a guest. We have a guest of honor today joining us from from a prominent position in another AV radio station here, and uh, I'm hoping he doesn't get scared of you like you look, did. He looks very afraid. <laughs> he looks terrified. Uh, he looks have, terrified. Uh, as he was as here he for states, sound check, as he states, his his government name is Phil Cordell, but most people know him by Hi-Fi. He's the AV professional. How you doing, Phil? Hey! I don't know. He's miming. Uh-oh. He's lost sound again. <laughs> oh, lost... no. We've lost oh. Phil's voice. How do we know it's Phil Cordell if we don't hear him? I don't know. Uh-oh. We're it's lying. It's Corey, totally a spook. We just did this for ratings. We all lie. <laughs> we did for... <laughs> right. It really isn't. We just said it was. <laughs> we're still, we're still you, not Phil. hearing Phil. No. This no is the Phil Cordell wait, wait, wait. mime set that, we have. Was that him? Well, no, hey, that's Ted, not him. This a, well, this is a question for Ted then. Ted, yeah. um, being a sin evangelist, how effective is a movie without sound? <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it's an excellent question. 
<laughs> and uh, one of the things that people have done in the movie industry on the production and post-production sides for years is after you have finished and produced the movie, you do two essential um, passes with different senses, meaning that you'll watch key scenes of a movie uh-huh. with no sound and see does it still work and does it still convey a story visually, and then you'll turn off the picture and you'll just listen to the scenes that you want to hear without picture and does it convey something important and then when you marry them together is it additive does it make it more important that you watched it and heard it together and it's actually a pretty standard thing that um, a lot of people do in the movie industry when they're going through their post-production process well i love that i would say started with but that's that's the the i love it world that i live in (laughs) I, I would say having heard Hi-Fi without his picture and having now seen Hi-Fi without his voice, that both together is very additive. I, I would agree. <laughs> there you go. We still don't have Hi-Fi. He's still gone. He's low fi well, <laughs> I wanted to, um, you know, in honor of Ted, you know, Ted's here. He's a sin evangelist. Um, we're hearing a little bit about what he does with uh, changing cinema uh experiences and I, i'd like to say ted ha- haven't you heard um projections dead lcd's taking over don't you see that in the movie theater isn't everybody going to gather around an 84 inch in a 400 seat movie theater now? well it's it's interesting that you bring that up because that's a big reason that this initiative of barco escape exists is to look at the future of what a cinema experience needs to be to separate it from the home experience so my last i'll put it in big quotes work trip was to Vegas for a thing called <laughs> many people nice. have heard about. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a little bit of work going on, but really it's, it's not work. Um, and you start, you know, and this is a trend that's been going on for a number of years now, but the home experience is approaching a very viable cinematic experience without a very high price tag anymore, right? The screens are getting very large, they're getting curved, home projection is getting very viable. So just to kind of keep pace is not enough, right? And the trending of the, of the cinema in general is all about watching what's happening when habits change, when people say, hmm, maybe I'll just stay home and entertain myself and watch something versus going out. But we also know that people like to get out of their house. I mean, maybe you guys might be trapped in some of these little worlds here, but I bet that if I asked you, you'd say, I want to go out and socialize with my friends. I want to do something out of the home. But it needs to have something special associated with it that actually gives it a pretty broad separation from the home. So what, you know, when you, when you sort of put a, a sort of pin on what we're doing with Barco and Escape, it's the idea of how far can we take that entertainment experience and how much of a theme park-like experience can you bring to your average local multiplex. So on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon with your kids, you can go and experience something that you cannot get at home. That is truly an amazing futuristic cinema experience that takes you well beyond um, you know, just what you could get at the home. And we're not just talking about it and experimenting with it. We've already done it with a major movie studio that I happen to have my other part of my life with, which is 20th Century Fox, with a movie called Maze Runner. Ah, there you go. My, one of my daughter's Sweet. favorite books. Sweet movie. Oh. Yeah. So in seven theaters around the world, five in the U.S. and two in Europe, we launched Maze Runner, and we had 10 minutes of the Maze Runner content in this panoramic Barco Escape format. Um, we're now working on the second Maze Runner, as well as some other big projects. And, um, you know, I was just in our, in our Barco Escape Theater in L.A. at the Cinemark uh, here in the, in the um, west side of L.A. 
and we had a whole group in from a big convention that we were showing and some pretty heavy hitters from some big studios looking at stuff and some big directors and um, they're all pretty damn excited about it. So um, awesome. that's kind of what Scape is all about. Hey! 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 hey. Wait a second. We so, have excitement. Yeah. Bill, you're excited. What do you What do you think? You th You want to go to one of Ted's movies now? I would love to see one of Ted's movies. <laughs> oh, well, so the, the Ray Kurzweil. We're talking about the Ray Kurzweil of the AV industry. Is that correct? That's a right. That's yes. Right. That's what we're he's gonna, talking He's going to have nanobots in the movie theater. Sweet. Nanobots. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So hey, wait, Phil Cordell, welcome. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm stoked to be here. Awesome. <laughs> and we're stoked to have you here and your Christmas uh, lights in the background. Thanks. Yeah, some things, you know, never change. I don't, maybe I'm just lazy. That's, that's probably it. Just lazy. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you got those from Shrago. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. How long are we into the show? It's part, um, of the AV, it's part of the AV crosstalk bet. Whoever lost the Christmas light <laughs> duel had to keep them up the rest Santa of the year. Santa lost? I, I had so. the I had the flashing on, but I didn't want to drive you guys crazy. I'm trying to be considerate. Now, when oh. Josh pulled out the uh, the flashing white lights, I think that was the trump card, Phil. I it worked. It, yeah. it worked for him. He knew what he was doing. You know, that was his format. I felt like I was stepping into his octagon. You know, it was yeah. scary, uh, but it was really, really worth it. You know, it's a good hey, experience. Hey, hey Ted, uh, yes. AV Crosstalk. Um, so Mark Cox, the story behind that is Mark Coxon was the original crosstalker with uh, the gentleman's name you just heard. Mm -hmm. And um, and Phil was in a show, and you were Santa Claus, right, Phil? Yeah, they they debated Christmas lights, right? Christmas they, lights, they did. They debated colored versus white Christmas lights. Right? It was pretty in-depth AV talk. You want to talk about AV talk? This was AV talk in action. White versus colored Christmas lights. I mean, we, we were tackling the, the really difficult you know issues of our day that a lot of people don't even want to talk about. True. True. The, that's so here we are on this show talking about cinema evangelism. Yep. And in honor about, uh, you know, uh, Barco Escape and all of that. And there you go. We've got all kinds of realms of AV going on here. Well, mm -hmm. I actually, you know, I actually have um, a game tonight for Ooh, really? our guests. And I thought, you know, I thought maybe Ted, um, from his cinema knowledge, and Phil, uh, being a pop culture icon himself and uh, even Allison if she wants to jump in um, may want to play um, our game here tonight so what we came up with you know we know later later in the show we're going to have a special caller for you and we're going to talk about some really you know, how do you know sci this sci-fi stuff what, what, um, wait 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 where do you get this information I don't know I, I'm, I'm in the know oh he's clairvoyant now what do you know you see, Corey, when, when you walk into Starbucks and everybody covers their laptop screens and puts their chest up against <laughs> it so, they can't, so you can't see what they're doing, that doesn't happen to me. People, people, people don't do that, Corey. So see, people actually tell me stuff because they trust me not to talk to them for three hours about it later. Wow. Um, wait, a, wait, a, wait a second. I see a, uh, I see a caller. Who's, who's on the phone? Hey, hey, Mark. This is this is Leslie, Mark's wife. I I overheard you say something about playing Who's Your Daddy, and 
I, you know, that's a game Mark and I usually play together, so I didn't want to miss out on anything. Is that this, the case? <laughs> this whole show just went south. <laughs> oh, my God. And I mean, like, like Mason um, Dixon line below. I think, it's, I think, I think, I think we're talking oh, later right oh, now. I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. It's not who's your daddy, like what we play. No. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, okay. I am totally mistaken. Hey, Mark, um, yeah. we have a date later then. So, uh, okay. hey, guys, take care. Later. Bye. Okay, bye. Um, so, I, I hadn't announced the game wait, yet. Wait, wait, that wasn't the game I hold. The game is called Who's Your Daddy is the game we're going to play. Um, but but the wait, game, you know. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. It's a, you know, I thought we would carry a Star Wars theme. Star Wars theme tonight. So in, you, so you in mean honor like of, this? You mean like this? <laughs> No. Yeah. Fuck your feelings. No. Hey, somebody, somebody hang up on him. <laughs> so, you know, with the, with the sci-fi theme, I thought with, you know, the whole Luke Vader thing, that we could play with our guests here, uh, uh, Who's Your Daddy game? And so the way that this game works is I'm going to describe a, uh, a celebrity and um, their celebrity father, and then our guests can... To chime in, you'll say your name. So, like, if you want to buzz in, Allison, you'll say Allison, oh. right? Or, I can't say Amy. Phil, you could say Amy. Amy. There you go. You're Amy for the rest of the show. <laughs> less, less syllables. Less syllables, yeah. and it still starts with an A, and you still have an M from your last name, so it works pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Um, Phil, right. you'll say Phil, and Ted, you'll say Ted. That's a real easy way to buzz in. Um, so nobody buzz in until I finish the question. It's kind of Jeopardy rules. Um, and we'll play a real quick round of Who's Your Daddy, okay? Not so, that Who's Your Daddy that was described before. Not the other game, Who's Your Daddy. Good Leslie fact. overheard Who's Your Daddy from the other room. She got excited. She had to call in. <laughs> not a, it's a totally different game. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Sorry, Ted. Ted looks disappointed that we're not playing that version. But <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Wow. Sorry, Ted. So, so only Dad. this show you had you guys had to come to, Ted. You know, normally I, I talk a lot. I cannot even get a word in edgewise. Which is <laughs> uh, now you're getting it. After Welcome the question, to my world. actually say my name to guess in, even if I know the damn thing. <laughs> Just be you glad. Be, you got to be, be quick glad. on this show. <laughs> be glad John Green's not here. Yes. <laughs> right. There you go, John. There you go. There's a John I'm Green reference. We've got it. There you go. Hey, so, Phil, you ready, Phil? John okay. Voight. Phil's so, right. this. I'm sorry, was it John Voight? Was, was, did I answer too quickly? John. I did. I answered too quickly. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what's so funny? You're right, you know Phil. That's so funny, even Phil? better. I was, I, I'm giving Phil that point, although he's not supposed to buzz in until after I'm done. I was Wait. going to say the Sony emails revealed that executives referred to her as a minimally talented brat. And she has a famous father. Name the actress and father duo. And Phil, Angelina Jolie, and John Boyd. Wait a oh second. Wait kind a second. Of, I'm, I'm kind of a futurist myself, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second now. There's conspiracy wow. going on here. No, no, you know what it is? You know what it is, Corey? Skinny, skinny white guys have telepathy <laughs> with each other. <laughs> I know the answer. I was a skinny white guy about uh, 35 five years ago, so, you know. 40, 40 balls of foe ago, you were a skinny white <laughs> <guy. laughs> Wow. That was awesome. 
<laughs> that actually was awesome. So we will move wow. to the next one. Okay. This celebrity son did not take his father's screen name, although his brother did name this celebrity Ted. and his famous father. Ted. Bill. Oh, Tedden. So, uh, well, it's um, Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. But there uh, you go. Wow. Wow. Don't waste my time, guys. Come on. <laughs> there you go. Oh, look at this. Oh, wow. That's challenging enough Ooh, for this. Was, game on. Wow. Game there we on. go. Wow. Okay. So, How about a hard one? All right. So he's not going to find any of mine very hard. But so this. Great. He's going to answer all of them now. We're has lost. a famous father, has a famous mother and stepfather, although she comes from a different man named this celebrity daughter and her mother. Somebody who comes from a different man who's a stepdaughter of a father. Wait, what? Wait, what? Her <laughs> mother and her mother is famous. So is her father, but the man her mother is Philip, not her dad. Philip. The question is very. Oh, I no, think Phil's Phil. got it. Phil, is it Drew Barrymore? Not Drew Barrymore. Okay. Is it another Barrymore? No. I, I know the answer. Allison, Amy. No. <laughs> I have Ooh, no clue. Oh, Stacy. Go ahead, Stacy. Go ahead. Uh, is it Kate Hudson? Kate Hudson and who? Goldie Hawn. Goldie, Goldie Hawn. Hawn. Yes. There you go. That's it. The originators. Hey, and you know what? It's funny because Goldie Hawn's current husband, nobody say the name yet, he shares a name with the oh, same sound you make when you drive through a pile of leaves very quickly. A Kurt uh, Russell. Whoosh. Okay. <laughs> oh god that was puns puns for days okay <laughs> okay wow all right so so this man had a fatal attraction in his dad philip philip uh michael douglas and kirk douglas hey there you go easy enough i am spartacus kirk yes. douglas um and then one more so she was famous for yelling at E.T., and he was famous at yelling at George Bailey. Wow, the George Bailey part's interesting. That's uh, It's a Wonderful Life reference. Yeah, Phil? Um, yes. Uh, is it Drew Barrymore and uh, Stewart? Oh. Nope. No. Why, why is it always Drew Barrymore now? Is it Drew she Barrymore? Was in, she was in E.T., wasn't she? She, she was. was in e. Drew she was Barrymore, e. that's right. That's the first part. Yeah. And then there was yeah, Elliot. Who knows what Elliot? Wait, you wait. mean Donna Reed? No. Yelled at George Bailey. No, Elliot was in E.T., right? Phone yes. home, E.T. Yes, Elliot was. Corey. He was the character. Corey, we're well, past what's his name? We got, the, we got the Drew Barrymore part. Who's your dad? Oh, oh, we're done with E.T. now. Who's your daddy, Corey? You know, this is not fair. When I'm catching up, we're done. <laughs> okay, move on. Go, do you have any it's more? It's Lionel Barrymore. Nobody knows Lionel Barrymore. Oh, Wonderful Lionel. Life. Mr. Mr. Potter. Yeah, Mr. Potter. <sighs> I know, I, you know, actually, I saw It's a Wonderful Life usually when it's on at Christmas time. And you know what? I love that movie every time it's on. I really do. It's, it's the meaning of life. It really it's is. It's the meaning of life. <laughs> it's I like, thought fa- and, and like the fa- was. Well, it's like fa- the fa- was. Was. What? Fa- is the fa. meaning of life. Fa. Fa is the fa. Now we're down to fa. We've done fo, we've done fa, and now we've got fa. Right. <laughs> fa, fa, la, 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 la. <laughs> Whatever it is, it is the meaning of life. Fo, fa, fa. Thank you very much. So I don't know. I think, I think Phil may be our winner. 
Phil, congratulations. Phil is the winner. Does he win the white lights? Can he put the white lights behind him? Yes. Phil has won. Phil has won the privilege of taking down the, the Srago Christmas lights. Oh, thank they, goodness. They flash and they may drive you guys crazy. That's actually wow. wild. Wow. I, I have oh a feeling God. that those are up 24, 24 7, 365 days. It's always a party over here. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. That's how you can tell right there. <laughs> They've got the thing. So, Corey, when is our, when is our, uh, when is our special caller coming in? Well, I tell you what, um, I don't know. What, what are you talking about a special caller? I mean, you, again, your clairvoyance is, is preceding you right now. Well, but, well I, I think Allison had mentioned something, but I know Allison, Allison was going to Allison, bring us into – Allison Amy? Yeah. Allison, Allison Amy, Amy is, right. She was yes. going to bring us into the 20th century because I was talking to Allison the other day about mm -hmm. UHP bulbs and having to have four bulbs to get 20,000 lumens out of a projector. And Allison told me about something called a quote-unquote laser – that could make light. So it's, I think Barco's doing something with that. So what's going on? Wow. Oh, yeah. I told laser. you. Laser. Yeah. Laser. Wow. Laser. Yes. And, and are these like like Jedi lasers? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, Lightsabers. Is it going to hurt? Uh, probably. <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. <gasps> mind blowing. Mind blown. My mind blow. is blown. Wow. Mind blown. Yes. yes. So. We got a mind blown show. When I was talking with Mark, you know, about Who Ted, about this Phil's mind is blown. Yeah. Look at him. <laughs> Phil's, <laughs> Phil's mind is blown. I think his mind blew no. <laughs> Go so, ahead, Allison. Try to get a word in. I, hey, yeah. Uh, so we've got the sin evangelist. But when we were talking about lasers, then I've got the guy for you guys. You to got talk a guy. About. I got a guy. I have a guy. Wow. Can you, you get, guys need to talk can, to, yes. can, can you clairvoyantly yes. get yes. this guy for us? I think he's on the line right now. He is? I bet. Check your stuff. Check right now. He might be on the line. I, I, I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss it. Wait a second. We got a guy. You got. Who is yeah, this you, guy? You don't have a guy. You, you have the guy. You have the <laughs> laser guy. The, the laser guy. guy. The laser guy. He's a laser yes. guy. Wow. May, yeah. So let me let me um, formally I'm a, introduce. I'm a shy guy. I'm a I'm a shy guy, not like Ted. So Allison, you're gonna have to tell him the laser guy. Yes. So we've got the sin evangelist, yes. and we also have Bill Beck, who is our the <laughs> laser guy. And if you want to know anything about laser projection, no, 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 Amy. Not our laser guy, the laser guy. Right. The laser guy. The laser guy. You want to get off on the right foot. Nobody else has a laser guy. No. Hey, I tell you what. This is so cool, all right, to be a guy made of lasers, okay? I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you walk around, all right? I don't know how Barco even employs you. Okay. Don't touch him. It's all don't all touch him. Don't go near him. But I tell you what. I tell you what, laser dude. All right, Bill Beck. How would you like to join us for the rest of this show? I could. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. I had to. I had to listen to Ted at the the escape demo do his thing, so he can he he can he listen to laser for a little while oh, tonight. Oh well, what so, do you know? We'll get all him. All kidding aside. 
all kidding aside, Ted is just an unbelievable uh, you know, enthusiasm generator. I've seen him do the demo about, I don't know, six or seven times now, and he had the crowd crazy uh, over the escape demo. Oh, he's got some new content uh, uh, that he showed this morning, but um, what do we have? A couple hundred people from the ICPA group, and yep. uh, they were loving it. Good. Okay. And we didn't even we didn't even run it on laser today. We had the junior system up today. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I tell you what, Bill. Like I said, um, why don't you come and join us in this conference? Okay. Be a part of this thing. We'll do. Right here with us. Okay. How about it? Happy to be here. Happy to be here. All just right. Let's go. Fun. Get into just get into the conference. Well, well, Corey, if we have a laser guy. You know, uh, I know it sounds like Bill has some very serious stuff to talk about, but, you know, in 1977, two epic things were born. Um, one was me, and <laughs> the other, I'm, oh I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for the oh. last one. I thought Leslie was going to call in and say that too, you know? <laughs> the, the, other, the other was Star Wars, right? So, yes. so two, two, two cultural phenomenons, you know, spawned. In the yes. same in the same year, I'm surprised there wasn't a lapse in the space time continuum. And one was successful. You're right, <laughs> was very successful. That's right. And, exactly. and one has wallowed in mediocrity and and uh, the company of Corey Moss for like the last year. Um, <laughs> Corey went to Jar Jar. He's mediocre. That guy's mediocre. Yes. Mark Mark is to Star Wars as Corey is to Jar Jar Binks. I can only see the memes that are going to be put up soon with me and Jar Jar together. In fact, personified. Corey's first comment on one of my blogs was, you said guy's a bombad. I think that proves. Hey, wait a second. Do I hear a laser guy? I, you know, I do. And I, I have a question for a laser guy. Um, we'll get to laser projection in a second. But, Mr. Laser Guy, how fast does a laser travel? Depends on whether it's gone through air or whether it's gone through an optical fiber. But either way, it goes at the speed of light. It, it goes at the speed of light, right? I would have guessed that. Now, what is the typical reaction time of the human brain? <laughs> a few milliseconds, right? Something like that? Uh-oh. Oh. We've lost him. I said for most of the people on this call, quite a bit slower. Bill's <laughs> <laughs> hey. got jokes. Hey. Hey, laser hey. guy funny, too, you know? Laser guy brought the, brought the funny. So... <laughs> My my question is, could, is it possible, laser guy, for someone to actually defract a laser shot at them with a lightsaber? Mm, good question. <laughs> that's, that's really good. <laughs> I would only expect a laser guy to know that. Of, uh, of course not. If, if, if you're going to beat him over the head with the beam, maybe he can uh, react in time. But uh, shooting the laser at him, uh, not likely. Not likely. So, so George beating Lucas, with a laser, not shooting with a laser. I like it. Good. George Lucas, take that, you yeah. stupid bastard, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like, right. 
Great. They have, they have, they, don't they have different, like, I mean, you know, when we shoot guns, they have different types of bullets. They have the regular bullets that go at supersonic speed and then the regular, or the, uh, the subsonic bullets that they, don't they have like subsonic lasers that would move at less than the speed of light? Well, that, that, that's all done in post-production. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a question from the Sin Evangelist, right? The Sin Evangelist, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. my, my, my other real question for the laser guy before we, before we talk to him about something serious. Um, red versus green lightsaber, which amplitude is stronger? Oh, I think I know that one, Bill. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, we think we froze Bill. Oh, Tim, that, you know that the answer. question was way too much for us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're, I think yeah. you're overloading him. Is what you're doing. That's what we've done. Ted, what's the answer? Well, I believe using my uh, extensive knowledge of Pink Floyd Laserarium shows that I'm going to go with green lasers are uh, particularly strong yeah. and in the wrong hands very dangerous. And I will actually make a really interesting point about laser projection which is that it's not dangerous at all, uh, much less to the chagrin of many regulatory agencies and, and groups that are very concerned about that uh, we're like firing up planetarium laser shows in cinemas. A laser projector doesn't do that in any way, shape, or form. It's actually uh, amazingly safe, and, and Bill would, would uh, tell you much more technical details about how it works. But I'm going to predict that green is the more powerful of the two lasers. So, so we said green versus red, Bill. What's, what's, yeah. the, what's the stronger laser? Um, <laughs> strong. <laughs> Come on, Bill. Did I get it right or not? <laughs> green, green, green is going to look brighter. For you know, if the power of the two lasers is the same, the green is going to look uh, three to four times brighter. If that's what you mean by stronger. There, there we go. So, so Jedi's win. Every Bill time. suddenly thought we were at a scientific American conference, and uh, <laughs> I was making Pink Floyd references, Bill, and you were going. <laughs> I know this was such a great setup with Pink Floyd references. I've got to tell you, you know. Hey, by the way, I did see I did see that Pink those Pink Floyd uh, laser shows. Uh, yeah, me too. They were awesome. Those were some of the most awesome shows yeah. in the world. Those Pink Floyd laser shows, I must say. Burn, burned a hole in my shirt, but it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't kill you, though. You're lucky. No. So well, he's, he's kind of like Superman. With, it, did it burn a hole in the Superman shirt? Right. Yes. Oh, see? He's totally Superman. It just it scorched the shirt, but didn't go through the phenom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I heard, I heard Bill. The phenom. I, heard Bill was close, I heard Bill was close to me today and was at a... Uh, I heard Bill was close to me yes. today and was at a conference for ICTA. That is right. He was. He was at ICTA in uh, L.A., Burbank. Bill? I don't know. You still? Okay. We got to hold on. He's having a little auto. Audio. He is so a laser guy. He's not yeah. an audio guy, so, you know. No, hey, no, no but he was. Yes, yes. What's, uh, no. what's ICTA stand for? International Cinema Technology Association. Ah. Yep. Yes? There we go. Can you hear yes. me? I'm back on. We can hear uh, you I now. Just, I get a better audio. Yeah. There we go. We were ICTA just talking about what you were doing. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, ICA uh, is the um, uh, it's an organization of uh, cinema technology geeks, which is uh, uh, robust, active, and uh, coming up with a lot of new things. And uh, I'd say people like Ted uh, have been a major factor in kicking us forward. Um, and uh, I, I think the best thing about getting on with this group is uh, combining laser with the kinds of things that Ted's doing uh, with escape and and other uh, and other uh, let's say creative uh, palettes as you call them. Uh, I think laser is going to provide the foundation for a lot of new stuff and uh, and and new creative endeavors going forward. So it's great uh, uh, combining art and technology here. Hey, Bill, I, w I wanted to ask you, uh, there's a recent article in The Economist called The Next Picture Show. Okay, and I, I, actually, I actually, I found this yesterday, I told Allison, I was reading it, um, some pretty amazing perspectives on, you know, uh, on 3D laser projection. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that in terms of what it was <clears throat> in The Economist? Yeah, it was interesting because uh, Allison set me up with the uh, with the guy who wrote the article, and it came out a little differently than we discussed. But that often <laughs> happens. Um, I think that he's got a little bit of a film bias, and I think he uh, uh, he also uh, went and saw some of the last vestiges of, of seventy millimeter film right before he finished the article. But to your question. Um, for a long time, 3D, uh, you know, just didn't, something wasn't quite right. And uh, now in retrospect, it's very easy uh, to explain that uh, early 3D didn't have enough light on the screen. Uh, but because it did so well in sort of the entry phase with, uh, you know, better ticket revenues and so forth, no one really wanted to talk about it. And then, uh, you know, the consumer just kind of, you know, stopped responding. And uh, one, of the, one of the fundamental reasons is it's not bright enough. And one of the reasons for that is digital cinema specs were designed for 2D. And then 3D came along as a bolt-on addition. All the 3D systems cut brightness anywhere from 70 to 90%. And then you've got the roll-off and the brightness of a lamp. So you had, you had people, if they got there uh, where the bulb was at the end of life, uh, with a bad 3D system, they might be seeing it at 10% of the brightness that it should be. So one of the big accelerants for laser technology in the last couple of years has been to try to get 3D back up to being a premium experience while there's still, you know, enough uh, interest on the part of the creatives and the, and, the, and the general public to give it a second shot. And so that's, that's one of the big things that Laser's going to bring um, to cinema. Being, being AV guys, hey, Phil, how, how willing are you to take 3D as the next big innovation to your customers? <laughs> it's been, it's been a, a patchy road for them, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> But certainly lasers taken off. There's no, there's no question about that, man. I mean, people are asking for it now and it's, you know, it's taken a little while for, for it to, to really catch on, but uh, we've got high red uh, customers particularly and some sports bar chains that are, that are really getting into it because of the lamp life situation. 
Yeah. So, so is there a brightness advantage to lasers of, than uh, traditional incandescents? Uh, absolutely, and it's, it's the 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 way to think about it is lamp light. There's only so much you can get through a digital projector because of the fact that light comes out of a light bulb in all directions, and you just can't get it all through the projector. <clears throat> Lasers a beam, you know, and um, from an optical perspective, you can get as much light through a, a cinema projector as you want as long as you can keep the projector cool. So we're already up to two and a half times. With the same projector, basically, you can get two and a half times the brightness uh, if you use laser illumination uh, compared to the best uh, lamp illumination. And that's only going to go up as they, you know, we cool the projectors more and get more efficient systems. So, so uh, to put it into numbers, you know, lamp projectors maybe go to 30,000 lumens when the lamp is brand new. Laser's already at 60 and probably can get to 80,000 lumens per lens, which will so, open up a whole lot of either very bright or very large displays. Or both. So what's that going to do for, say, our, our movie theater market where, you know, we have these huge screens where we, I mean, the, the, the projectors they have in the back of these movie theaters are massive because the screens are huge. <clears throat> You lose tons of light, you know, trying to distribute it over that big screen. What's that? What's that going to do for our cinemas? And I know, I know, Bill. Well, was, I know Ted was kind of. Were, were you trying to say something there, Ted? Too on uh, on lamps and all. Um, I could. I was just, um, you know, I'll just reiterate what, what Bill is saying. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, the the ability to to punch out a much much higher lumen picture. Um, with uh, laser light versus uh, traditional xenon light bulbs is, is quite stunning when you, when you see it in person. Um, you know, the ability to get ultra-high brightness 3D and ultra-ultra-high brightness 2D out of a single projection unit, um, th there's nothing like it. You have to see it in person. I mean, it's stunning is the, the only way I can describe it. The, the, the demonstrations we've done in Belgium, in the lab, testing things, that are literally so bright it actually hurts your eyes. Like you would never take it out to an audience because it's so bright. And when you set it to the right levels when 3D is supposed to be um, set, it, it makes actually a really great 3D experience. And a lot of the reasons why 3D hasn't taken off is that, um, you know, if you're playing it on a projector that simply just is not set up correctly or not running at the right um, lumens, um, it's just not a great experience. So laser brings that promise to reality. You know, and, and we've demonstrated that at CinemaCon. We'll demonstrate it again this year. It's, it's pretty impressive. Mm. Hey, Stacy. Yes. When's the last time you took Natalie to see a 3D movie? She on, honestly doesn't really like movie theaters. They're just a little bit too... She doesn't like movie theaters. No, uh -oh. These guys aren't movie. happy to hear that. No. <laughs> My other daughter, though, now she loves movie theaters. She goes oh. every weekend. But okay. no, Natalie, it's a little too much There's for Natalie. her at this point. <laughs> okay. unless, it's, unless it's frozen, she's not interested. Yes, we all know about that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, I'm, uh, you know, by the way, Ted and uh, Bill and Ted, go ahead, uh, Chuck. No, I, Excellent. I was going <laughs> to chime in real quick. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that I see as you know just as an av integrator 
um, as another advantage is, you know, when I used to, when I used to have to specify projectors, especially high lumen projectors for projects, um, you know, I used to work with a lot with a company that you guys acquired, which was projection design and projection designs had some mm -hmm. very high output projectors, but depending on the type of color accuracy that you wanted, you had to know like which color wheel to pick. Right? They had like four different versions of color wheels for their DLP projectors so that you could get different brightnesses and different. And you were always sacrificing color accuracy for brightness is really what it was. They'd add white to the wheel, your color saturation would go down, your accuracy would go yeah. down. And it, it seems like laser erases that. Well, not only erases the, um, the lack of color fidelity, but it'll go one step further and that is laser will enable a, a much wider color gamut because uh, two things, because you can put the red, green, blue primaries further out in the, in the, in the color space and because they're laser narrow band, uh, uh, narrow wavelength, uh, red, green, blue sources, they're much closer to the locus. So you, you get a much bigger color space with laser that's point number one. Point number two, the laser wavelengths are locked on, so it doesn't float or drift or change over time. So these are some of the secondary benefits of laser. The, you know, the, big, the big ones are they last for 30,000 hours. You don't have to change a light bulb. They save on electricity. Yep. But some of these more subtle colorimetry, color stability, those are some of the other uh, benefits that laser will bring. So when Ted says it's a stunning picture, he's absolutely right. But it stays, it stays bright for 30,000 hours. You don't change the light bulb. The color doesn't drift. And if you're putting two, three, four images together from four different projectors, blending, uh, keeping colors constant over time, that's another secondary benefit that will play out in not only cinema but lots of different AV segments. Yeah, you don't you don't have overlapping black levels where you're getting light bleed in your black, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and and the way to think about it is with with lamp-based cinema projectors, the brightness in the corners might only be 75% of the brightness in the center, and if you have a high gain screen, it's even worse than that. So with a laser projector, the brightness in the corners is like 95% of the brightness in the center. So you can see putting two or four images together with laser is going to be much more efficient and much easier to manage. Well, that's, that's awesome. And I know if, if people are really into lasers, I know, Corey, you're doing a special show this week with Bill, right? Corey? Uh, yes, I did. Actually, you fall asleep, Corey? Corey it up for Someone uh, wake Corey up. No, I heard the word lasers, and you know it. <laughs> it evoked memories of you know yeah. uh, standing online to see Star Wars in 1976, and telling you know the, this person in front of me saying, "No, I was here. You cut me." And no, I yes, I yes. The answer is yes. There is an upcoming um, interview on lasers and laser technology. And yep. I think it's going to be very eye-opening and um, revealing uh, to the technology. So, so, so I don't, I don't want to steal that interview's thunder, Corey. But uh, oh, we good, have a thanks. so first so time we may, we may we may, <laughs> we, may uh, we may wrap you know laser-specific talk, and uh, we have a guest who was actually going to wrap 
lasers for us to uh, to bring us out of this segment. It, you know what? You know, I'll tell you something what? very funny though. Because um, uh, so anyway, at the end of every show, Mark talks about wrapping uh, wrapping it up and all, and I say, you know what? <laughs> Phil's gonna start to get pissed. All right, because you keep talking about wrapping it up, and I'm going. You know what? I mean, you know, he's going to get angry now. But here's the great thing: now he's here, right? He's here. He's he's actually here, and I I, I heard that that Phil may have uh, some laser runs. A special oh. laser wrap. A special laser <laughs> wrap, Corey. Really? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. We got a laser wrap. A special laser wrap is what like I heard. A- I don't know. Like wiki wiki rap rap whoop. Or <laughs> or better than okay. that. Maybe okay. Allison has a laser rap for us tonight. <laughs> wow, look at this. Phil, you may have a rapping partner tonight. Hey man, the more the merrier. Uh, hey I'm Allison, sure. I tell you what, I think you should join Phil in this. It's like eight mile <laughs> up in this piece. Wow. <laughs> About to get rowdy, y'all. I think Phil has brought something tonight. Yeah, so I'm going to give Phil the floor. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back and get my mind blown for a minute. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know about that. But I will say that it's not just for Pink Floyd light shows and hair removal, for surgery on your spine to repair the movement. No, it's more than laser pointers shooting in every direction. The tech is finally fine-tuned for laser projection. Did they get the colors right? And how is the brightness over time? I've come to find that they bear similar likeness to projectors that we're used to in the years that we've passed through perfect in home theaters and up in the classroom. Like amplification, but stimulated emission of radiation. I love acronyms and awesome ad alliteration. Huge innovation and projection, it's past time that I never have to give another thought to lamp I'm sorry, I was on standby. Try a laser PJ, cut out your cooling downtime, about time. Maybe gave lasers a try, make a noise your boy hi-fi and the cavalry rides. All right. Do you have applause, Chuck? Do you have applause ready? I do. I have. Get us get us some applause, Chuck. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me, guys. Now let me ask you a question. Awesome. How much is admission to a 3D movie these days? About fifteen bucks, huh? I would trade in that 3D movie in a heartbeat for that 15 bucks for that (laughs) rap time we just experienced. So everybody out there who's going to be listening to this, forget the 3D movie. This is worth your $15. Send it to us in a check. (laughs) I will give you the address. Okay. Did you see gravity? Did you see gravity in 3D? It was breathtaking. Right. It was breathtaking. When, when we talk about an escape, like what Ted is trying to uh, to show people, um, you know, the cinematography and gravity and the experience you get about being in space in a dark room like that. Um, those are things you can never recreate in a living room. I mean, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite Regal pre-show ads, and I don't know if Ted's seen this or not, but we have Edwards and Regal out here in California. Um, there's this big screen, right? And you see this, the pictures all on the big screen and the audio the audio sounds like somebody's playing audio through like a, you know, a, an alarm clock speaker, right? And you hear the audio of like the soldiers charging through the battlefield. And as you're hearing that audio, the screen starts to pan out and pan out and pan out. And you see that the movie's on like a 22-inch LCD screen, right? Mm-hmm. And it says, don't do this to your movies, right? 
And it's such a powerful thing because you're watching it in the movie theater. You're expecting amazing sound. You hear this crappy sound, and then this, the picture keeps getting smaller and smaller until it's about the size of a flat panel in your house on this big 200-inch movie screen to kind of show you the difference between what you got at home and what you get at the movies. And it was a, it was a great piece. Are you guys doing that kind of storytelling, Ted, when you're out there? Yeah, I mean, you know, what you're referring to is what we're looking at is how far can we take that experience, right? Yeah. Um, I often refer to it as breaking out of the rectangle, where yeah. as big and as impressive as you can get a flat screen in front of you in a theater, um, we want to take it that much further and actually put it all around you. And that's what the technology from Barco allows us to do, right? We're using multiple projectors, multiple screens, and we're creating an entertainment experience that is so far beyond what our best and most impressive experiences are on a single screen that it can't even be characterized in the same domain. So it's like the reference of, you know, watching it on a small little screen with lousy sound versus taking it to professional theater screen and great sound versus then taking it to multiple screens and amazing 3D immersive sound using the, the Oro technology is then you're fully inside it, right? It's, it's not like you're just at the movie, you're actually in the movie. And well, that's the difference. I don't think it was a Barco escape experience, but let me tell you about an experience at a movie theater that I wanted to escape. Um, I was completely immersed. I went to a midnight showing of Samuel Jackson and Christian Bale in Shaft Mm -hmm. in a very bad neighborhood of all Hispanic and black people where I was the only white kid in the theater at 17 years old. And these people were, anytime Shaft would come on, half the audience was screaming. Christian Bale would yell something in Spanish at Shaft and half the audience would erupt in Spanish yelling at each other. And um, I was completely immersed in an environment that I had no clue I was entering. Then. And, I'll and they're like, and they're like, what's up, ref? I will so never this was forget. your first immersive movie experience. Yes, and, and I wanted to escape very badly. <laughs> I did not want to, to show fear. I and it wasn't the Barco escape, by the way. Yes. It wasn't. Oh, wait, oh, let's clarify. That's so totally different. that actually brings up a, a good point. I mean, what we're trying to capture here is the, the human experience. We're trying to make people feel like they're right in that movie. And yeah. To Mark's, to Mark's credit, he was, you know, sitting right there in the middle of that battle scene or whatever it was. That's, that's the ultimate goal is to make somebody feel like they're on that battle scene or they're yeah. in that courtroom or they're, you know, flying through that universe and, and give them that experience of they are there. That's the sound that's coming around their ears and, and what they're getting in their eyes, no matter where they look, is what they're getting is I am in this movie. Yeah, I haven't. It's funny well, that you bring that up. I haven't actually uh, thought about this for a long time. But when you mentioned that, even in its farcical way, um, I, when on one of my uh, work trips to India a few years back, I went to a cinema in the middle of a day when I was uh, doing stuff with the red camera stuff, which I was deeply involved in at that point, um, and saw the most amazing experience of about twenty five hundred people in a giant cinema watching a giant screen of an Indian action movie. And when the woman got killed, got knifed to death, the women in the theater screamed and the men in the theater stood up and started cheering for the hero to go and kill eight other people, which then he did. And I sat there in the back of that theater and went, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. They're so into it. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't thought about that for a long time. But when you brought up that point of how incredible can it be if you can make it so real and you pull this thing all the way around you, which is what we're doing with the Barco Escape technology, that you have that kind of guttural experience. And we actually see that every day. I mean, Allison and Bill can tell you 
and Bill can tell you from the demos today, when we show some of the clips of Maze Runner today of actually running in the maze with the characters, and you're literally in the maze, we have a piece uh, that was done um, for a, a special piece that we did um, at the Burning Man, uh, the show that uh, the, the big art festival, and yep. you actually feel like you're at Burning Man. Um, some concert pieces. The next big escape thing that comes out is a Lady Gaga concert, a Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett concert that comes out at the end of March, which was shot natively in Escape with a whole bunch of high resolution cameras. And when you see that and watch that and, it, and, and the 3D immersive, the Oro sound is tied to the, the panoramic uh, experience visually, you literally feel like you're going to the concert. You're no longer at a movie. Um, so it's those kind of things that, that certainly stimulate me to get up with a big smile on my face and show it off every day and test it and prove it and keep breaking the boundaries of what we assume is as far as we can go. You know, if you think about it, 100 years ago, someone hung up a sheet and lit up a sheet and showed experimental ideas of this thing we now call cinema. And we really sort of stayed in the same place, um, although we've gotten it much more exotic and much bigger and the color's better and the sound is better and everything's better in those very early days of cinema. We haven't really broken out of the rectangle. Right no. now, for the first time, we're working on this and and uh, and putting a significant engineering effort, which is what what Barco excels at, into making this real and not making it just a fantasy of yeah, you can put this into three theaters in the world, but you can't actually deploy it. What we want to do is deploy it as another experience that you can go to every Friday night with your family or your friends or your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is. That's that's awesome because you know I work for a company called Milestone. And Milestone owns a company called Daylight, who, you know, is uh, credited with the silver screen, right? The original silver screen back in, I think, 1909, I think, is when we tell the story. And, you know, the silver screen came from this lady, this lady uh, that started Daylight um, decided that she was going to spray paint because she had access to silver paint from painting pots and pans, Mm -hmm. uh, a screen to make it more reflective. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like you say, we haven't really... We've invested more in materials, but we really haven't got outside of that watching a uh, a rectangle. Right. We've changed the we've changed the aspect ratio a few times, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, wait, no, wait, it's a wider rectangle. This is way different than it was before. That yeah. other rectangle was this wide, and this one's this wide, and this tall. But but you're right, we haven't got um, into an immersive experience. Right. Well, so technology allows us to now really go well beyond that, and yep. that's experimenting with and what Barco builds the best projectors in the world to do this with. But you still have to have this risk-based understanding that we're going to go much further than we ever have, right? And that takes a lot of risk. So you have to give it credit to the early adopters, the ones that say, I want to try this. And knowing that in the early stages, you don't have it all figured out. You don't have it all right yet. But there's enough right about it that when you look at it, you see the possibilities and you get excited about it. And that's what's up. Yeah, Ted, the most amazing, the most amazing thing I found about the escape demo, um, and and you you uh, showed it again this morning, when you showed it to the guys from Red Bull, and they said, "I get it," and then two weeks later they came back with this breathtaking footage of flying through the pa- Paris, skiing through the Alps. I've done a lot of rock climbing and they can, they, they took me to places that, you know, you could spend three days climbing up to. And here it is. That was like two weeks worth of learning curve. So you're going to have, you're going to have a a sort of app based culture 
of people using the format for crazy, uh, crazy ideas that we haven't even thought of yet. Correct. And that, that all happened in like a two week, uh, turnaround. Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 No, that's, uh, that's, that's all great stuff. I, I, I tell you what, the cinema these days, um, projection, you know, digital laser and all it's, it's really, I got to tell you, I've been in the, I was in the AV integration space for quite some time. I've been out of it for a couple of years, but what I'm seeing these days is just almost, you know, in some respects, kind of magical, uh, in terms of what we're talking about and so highly advanced that, you know, if, if more and more out there grasped it, looked at it, uh, and like Phil talked about tonight, um, you know, what laser really means uh, going forward uh, on the landscape. Um, you know, I, I think if more people are seeing the and hearing these perspectives, this is a, you know, this is a great thing uh, in this day and age. It really is. Well, I, I have one more, I mean, I have one more very serious Barco question, and I don't know if um, Ted or Bill or Allison can answer it, but what European soccer team's luggage did you steal <laughs> to uh, get those shirts for Infocom. <laughs> oh, my God. I just wonder. I wonder if Manchester United was going without their baggage for a while. <laughs> that is a serious question, actually. There's some soccer hooligans running around naked from the is When you actually go to the factory in Belgium and you see all the people proudly wearing their white Barco lab coats uh, yeah. and building this amazing science. And even, you know, when they take their lunch breaks and they're running around and not actually working on the projection stuff, they still wear their lab coats. They wear them proudly like a badge of honor because they are really doing science work, like hardcore science work. And Bill can tell you from the laser side of it, this stuff is not trivial. It's like extraordinarily difficult, precise work. And watching these people do this stuff with such incredible commitment and, and pride is, is amazing. So, you know, the red shirts are pretty, you know, they're, they're all about it. They don't, hey, Ted, I got a question. Are they going out to the bars in their lab coasts? And you like, know what? Sometimes hey, baby, I think they, I think this they dude, I would totally go to the bar in the lab coat. I mean, guys are like, I work at NASA. We send people to the moon. I'm like, I work at Barco. We send people out into the universe way past the moon. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, you, you made my point to an exact head. That's exactly right. Hey, Stacey, if a guy was wearing a Barco lab coat, I mean, you know, I mean, is that attractive? Um... <laughs> And I'd probably go with not really so my type. Have you ever uh, had Belgian beer? <laughs> now, now, wait, if he was hold on. I've got some Belgian beer. Yeah. Now, if he was wearing a uh, if he was wearing a Barco plaid pullover, now Stacy might. Uh, uh, <laughs> you got to go, go a little more Minnesota and a little less yeah. Belgian. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, with Brett Favre's <laughs> number on the back, then you know that's there. good, right? Yeah. Brett Favre jersey. Oh, yeah, what if it was a what if it was a green and yellow number four lab coat, Stacy? Oh, that you know, wow. that might do it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, here's what we need to do, Mark. We need to get cavalry lab coats. All right. No. All right. No, no with Mark on We that. are no, going not, to develop no. our own technology. No. Okay? Yeah. So we we got to explore this, and we all wear our lab coats out. All right. I'm not and wearing a lab impressive. coat out in public. Yeah, that's just a bad idea all around. <laughs> hey, 
hey, Corey, no yes. offense, and I'm going to include my, myself in this, but listen to you, me, and Chuck talk, and then listen to the things that Ted and Bill said today, and I think you'll find a marked difference in the reason they're in the positions they're <laughs> we in. We shouldn't wear lab coats. And the reason that we're in the positions that Yes, we're in. but if you remember Bill talking about monetizing all of this, I think cavalry lab coats and selling these things online, we're all going to be millionaires. We'll make, we'll make, we'll make dozens <laughs> yeah. of dollars. Yeah. Right. Bill, are you in? Hey, I would be happy to make a dozen dollars. <laughs> hey, hey Corey. Dozens of dollars. Dozens of dollars. Corey, let me let me remind you, this is this is the same group of people that raised like five bucks to go to Amsterdam, okay? <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody cares, Corey. So what you're trying to say is Cavalry lab coats are just not going to sell by the they're, they're not. They're not selling. I think. Maybe. I think cavalry horse manure shovels would sell quicker than cavalry. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a big seller in Minnesota. There you go. See, or maybe like do... a safety orange vest. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm going on tomorrow on Indi Indiegogo. Okay, and I am starting a campaign. All right. <laughs> cavalry rides. Production lab coats, all right? We're yep. going to make them. We're going to figure something out. We're going to make up a new technology, all right? We're going to sell these things like hotcakes. Who's in? Okay, so, so last time we, 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 we asked for a certain amount of money. We asked for $10,000 and we raised five bucks. So if we take that percentage, like 0.05%, so we'll raise like 0.05%. So if we need 100 bucks to buy five lab coats, we just need to ask for like, you know, $500,000 and we'll get the, we'll get the hundred bucks. I've got a good idea. Phil creates a nice, good rap video for us. All right. Yes. In a lab get, coat. In a lab coat. Yeah, of course. In a lab coat. And so see, this is the way it's all about Phil. If Phil wears every lab coat first, right. And we, and we sell these things as um, a way to, uh, a way to learn to rhyme and get rid of some whiteness. <laughs> Then we may have something, Corey. Well, I, now, don't, yeah. I don't think I'm as popular as you guys think I am. I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. I don't know. Oh, wow. Oh, so my whole idea right now is shot to hell because Phil's not as popular as we think he is. I don't know. I'm just I, Hey, I Phil, is. sell it, Phil. Sell it. Don't worry about it, okay? You are the most popular guy on the planet right now. So anyway. At hey, he's, real big. he's real big in Japan. Don't, don't knock it. <laughs> <laughs> Every yeah, white man's Let's go with this. Let's develop it. But so what we do with Barco is we get them to wear co-branded Barco Cavalry Rides lab coats at ISE. This is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, there go you go. It. All right. Well, Perfect. I'll tell you the first time I heard Phil was in 2009. And everybody in my office was telling me I had to watch this YouTube video of this guy doing the AV professional. So... You were a celebrity in the office, Phil, where I actually had to stop what I was doing work-wise to go to YouTube during the middle of the day to watch this video. All right. And that well, was the, the vice president of my company made me stop selling stuff to watch you rap. Well, that's a, that's a personal victory. If I can in any way diminish productivity, then I'm accomplishing it. <laughs> Sales went down because, because of Hi-Fi Phil Cordell. That's right. Wow. That's exactly right. This is well, awesome. Thanks well, for the love, guys. I appreciate that. Well, hey, we're, we're moving into breaking on the news. We, we always do a real quick section of, of AV news and things that are going on in the space. And we give everybody a chance to kind of uh, weigh in and give their, their thoughts, sarcastic or not, on uh, what's going on in the news. 
And so, you know, a big subject as of late um, has been Sony. And since we have a, a sin evangelist here, I thought it, it would only be fitting um, to ask him um, a little bit about the Sony thing. And, and everybody's trying to downplay this. We saw, uh, we saw Michael Litton, right? Is, is that Sony's um, VP of IT or um, chief, chief failure officer, I think is what they call him now. Um, but, <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. the, uh, the chief insecurity officer at Sony uh, came out and said, "Hey, you know, our anti-hacking insurance will replace, you know, more than more than cover this this damage that we have." But you know, I'm sitting here thinking the little bit about I I know about DCI, um, and those type of packages. I mean, Ted, when you think about what was stolen from Sony, you know, this wasn't a bunch of DVDs stored on a kaleidoscope, right? I mean, Sony's digital archives were pretty much taken out the back door terabytes at a time um, give everybody kind of an idea of what you can actually do with a full DCP um, movie if you decided to do something with it well okay so you know obviously it's a very a very serious topic of discussion when you talk about security right yeah so um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sort of you're you're sort of looking for me to kind of give you a sense of how secure DCPs are in the right hands or, or what, what's the, what's well, the... I guess, you know, DCP as delivered to a theater is kind of locked down, right? I mean, it's FIPS 140 encrypted. It's got mm -hmm. a physical key. It only works in the server it was sent yeah. to. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that they do when they send those hard drives out. Mm -hmm. And then somehow they left the back door to where all the stuff is that they load these hard drives with wide open. Right. Mm -hmm. And, my understanding is, I mean, if you get a hold of a, of a 4096 by 2160 full digital cinema package, you can kind of render that to any resolution. And Yeah, I mean, that's a master file, right? Yeah. It's, you know, in, in my world, diplomacy matters a lot. And, uh -huh. and the importance of working with all of our partners, with all of the studios matters a lot. So you're not going to need to disparage anybody. No, for, okay. Yeah, no, I'm not where, asking you to do that. Uh, I guess what I was, I guess what I was saying was, you know, coming from that background, you know, those files are, are much better than the files we get access to as consumers. Right. No question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they've, and they've been stolen. So it's a, it's one of those interesting, I won't put you on the spot. I didn't, yeah, I mean, I it's didn't, obviously didn't a very, it. very serious topic of discussion. I mean, luckily in my world, I actually get to play the part of, um, how do I have the most fun with the day-to-day -day role that I work in? And there's a whole behind the scenes from the security and technology part that Barco, of course, plays a big part in it, being a DCI-compliant part of the world, right? Sure. And DCI projectors. So it is very, very serious stuff. I mean, you hear a definitely different tone in my voice when I talk about <laughs> yeah, we, other things we've been talking about for the last couple hours. Um, it matters a lot, and it matters a lot that people think about it, and it's a really, really difficult thing when there are breaches and, and things that happen, and you hope that there's not bad people in the world and bad things in the world, but you know, that's not the reality. There's a lot of really bad things going on every day, and unfortunately, sometimes the entertainment business um, takes a hit for it, you know? um, and, and they need to continue to beef up their security measures all the time. There's really not more, much to say about that, as, as you can get complacent and you can forget that you have to be vigilant about this stuff constantly. Yeah. yeah. I know as an AV guy, you know, about, about four years ago, I went, or I guess it's almost five years ago now, I went on a journey to get 
um, DCPs for home cinema. And, you know, I worked with, uh, I worked first with Dolby and uh, Do Re Mi to get servers and then worked with one of your uh, competitors, which I won't name, um, to get access to a, a small cinema uh, projector. And then with QSC to get their, uh, their audio decoding. And the one gap was trying to get the DCPs. And so I went on this uh, kind of long journey with uh, getting a hold of a guy who I don't think is any longer at Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, but his name was Don Eklund, somebody you, you may know, Ted. Mm -hmm. um, and then also a guy at Lionsgate um, as well. And actually worked out a deal that if we could sell $250,000 worth of digital files, um, they would allow Technicolor to distribute DCPs to home theaters. And uh, at the time, five years ago, uh, I went to a bunch of dealers. We needed to sell about 100 systems, we figured, um, packaged with 20 movies to make this happen. And uh, nobody, thought, nobody thought anybody would buy it. But uh, in today's landscape, that's a lot different now that 4K is a big buzz and, and everybody's looking for higher quality files. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I you, mean, the, yeah. the quality of the deliverables is better and the quality of the way it presents stuff is better. So the bar keeps raising and raising and security needs to actually wait. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and Ted, the whole thing is Mark talking with Sony is that I, I've actually, I, I do writing on cybersecurity. Um, and I've written for Rave and I put articles on LinkedIn. I've done a lot on Sony. Yeah. And I've been pretty, I guess you could say, brash about my commentary to that. Um, and all the way from the top down, from the CEO all the way down into just how such a company could be so vulnerable to such an attack. And the whole thing is, is the enterprise on the whole um, has major vulnerabilities. But Sony Pictures just basically got picked out because of one thing and that's the interview um probably if it wasn't for the interview they wouldn't have gotten hit the way they did i think but it's james franco's fault sony or cory just to say i think people were tired of james franco squinting into the camera you think that's and, it and somebody had to take action yeah, somebody, you know, <laughs> so you know, Warriors of I, Peace saved us from James Franco, finally. I was, I was at the mall today, and as I walked through the mall, I was greeted by James Franco in a Gucci ad, and I thought to myself, that's who they're getting next. It's going from <laughs> Sony to Gucci. It's wherever James Franco goes, the Guardians of Are Peace they going to breach James Franco? Yes. So the, the moral of this story is don't, don't hire James Franco, and <laughs> you, won't, you won't have your computers hacked. Hey, listen. Ted, call 20th Century Fox, okay? <laughs> Guys, listen, we have, I have one piece of advice if you listen to nothing else. Yes. James Franco, Hi, guy, buddy. stay away. So, Ted, if Gucci goes down, you, you literally, you have to say, it's like the Da Vinci Code, right? We start to look for these patterns in old paintings. If Gucci goes down next, you know, it's the Franco factor, and you just have to start learning <laughs> Your job as a futurist is to predict. predict. Well, no, I can tell you what's happening, but then I would break my futurist code, you know. So. Oh, exactly. Don't make him do that. Don't make him do that. Don't make him leave this show regretting being on it. Okay? So, uh, I'm going to leave this show regretting being on it. <laughs> so anyway, the other, guy was, the other guy who's regretting being on this show right now, uh, the guy who raps, breaks, and everything else, I'd like to have, hear your perspectives, Hi-Fi, about Sony and, you know, what this mess of a situation is all about to you. Break on this for us, would you? I mean, I, I've certainly kept up with it. I, I find it 
uh, has been more interesting to watch the cybersecurity firms that are doing their own investigations and coming up with maybe you know conflicting evidence as to what you know as to what the uh, NSA folks have found. I mean, to me, that's kind of the interesting part. And then I just read a New Times report that said that you know they've had a foothold on the North Korean uh, networks for years that we have, and so uh, I find kind of that the political aspect of that a little more intriguing. Um, but you know, certainly for privacy, I mean, I think it's you know it's kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> yes, it is, actually. It's very funny. funny. I make fun of it a lot in what I write, yes. Well, you know, and to, and to me, again, more so the, uh, you know, the salaries of everybody coming out and the friction that that's caused in Hollywood amongst producers and actors, you know, it's just turned into a cluster that, that uh, you know, I don't know that, you know, the world was ready for. It, well, it's very interesting to see how devastating uh, a flood of information like that can be to those who have been doing the communicating. Uh, and that there's that much information going on probably at every large conglomerate that would, you know, could potentially, you know, torpedo the whole company just based on internal emails. It's, it's fascinating. Well, my, my only problem with, with your perspective, Bill, is you, you mentioned that you read something in the New Times. And that's <laughs> usually the paper that goes right into the AV Bunny's rabbit cage, right? On the bottom. <laughs> Man, I, I, I try Ow. to read it all. That's right. Whoa. That's right. I read it all. <laughs> Wow. Phil, yeah, Phil. Phil gets his news wherever he can get it. You get good material though, too, for your rep. So I can't, uh, I can't be a hater. I guess haters gonna hate, players gonna play. Allison's <laughs> gonna drink diet coke. Look at her. Yeah, she's. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Shake it up. Shake well, it. you know, we ended up calling Allison Amy, but since we had <laughs> Bill and Ted, I was gonna call Allison Rufus all night, but I, I guess I neglected. <laughs> Yo, Rufus. <laughs> Rufus was nice. the George Carlin navigator of the yes. phone booth, right? Yes. Oh my God, I love that guy. That How was about, a great movie. What about what about Missy? Missy? I mean, mom. Wow. <laughs> Missy. I mean, mom. My mom, man. It's my no, Missy. Dude. Missy was Molly. the hot mom. Remember, Missy was the twenty-year-old that was oh, yeah. married to his dad. Hey, <laughs> Missy. I mean, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. My, my wife has never seen that movie. Really? Yes. I tried to throw a Rufus reference at her and she said no. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well what while well, well, she's waiting to play the game tonight, you can mention it, okay? I I don't know that we're having another game tonight. Oh yeah, with the other game. I <laughs> I apologize. The other other game. Yes, the no, other yes. other game, right. I forgot. I can't believe yes. I forgot what was Yes, I can't believe you forgot either. <laughs> I think she's okay. gonna be very upset now. Sorry, Mark. I remembered. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, I'll email you when I get when we get off the show and remind you. Okay. Well, nobody oh, saw it because Chuck Chuck sent it to me in the private chat, but he asked me to leave my webcam on, and the answer is no. <laughs> Damn it! Foiled again. Stacy, how do you make it through with these guys? I don't know. I need to drink more than Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to drink more than Chuck. It's time for Stacy to start drinking on the show. <laughs> this is number 21 right here. Yeah, Stacy drinks just... coffee. It's time for the Baileys to enter the coffee now. It is. Crazy. It definitely is. Mm -hmm. well, okay. well, Phil, I'm going to ask Phil. I'm going to turn to Phil because I know Phil keeps up with AV News and the New Times. Um, Phil, what, what interesting have you seen lately that you think is noteworthy going out there in the AV world? Real well, worthy. interesting you should ask. I mean, there's, you know, 
I, I don't know if it's necessarily just AV, but the that Intel compute stick, uh, that little HDMI, you know, went with full blown, I think 8.1 Windows. I think that's, you know, pretty compelling and, and, and pretty cool. Um, I'm interested to see what that does. At my firm, we do a lot of classroom deployments for higher education, conference room, stuff like that. So, I mean, it'd be great. You know, it was a huge change to start getting the, the kind of slim form factor PCs over the, the huge towers. You know, if we can get away from that even and just go straight into the HDMI and you're just, from a programming perspective, you're just uh, changing the inputs on the TV. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see, you know, can it negotiate the EDID through a switcher, uh, you know. Lots of lots of interesting questions that, that that little thing poses, but that could be a, a huge breakthrough, I think. Hey, Phil, speaking of sticks, you got a selfie stick, right? I don't have a selfie stick. Wow. You, you don't know how to stick your selfie? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, well, for those of you, you know, who I don't wasn't, know. I know I wasn't going there. No. For those wow. of you who don't know, Phil put out the AV selfie video for from Infocom last year. Yes, he did. He did. Yes. And I bet less of you even know that I was the winner of the AV selfie contest. I knew this. That's, I knew I it knew because this. you had you had Dave Lebosquez. But I told you, I told you, Chuck, the best, the best AV selfie picture, the one that you should have got Lebosquez, was you two standing at the Microsoft booth scratching your heads. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was looking around. I was wondering, is anybody manning this? All What's I hope. Hey, wait, wait. All I hope is that the Microsite booth at ISE. Has got something. Then did you hear? Did you hear what's oh, happening? They do. It was reported they today. Did. Yes. So, yes. So today, Phil, did you see this today, Phil? The Hololens. Yes. No. The uh, no. the new the new Microsoft booth that I have. Hubs Hubsoft, I think it's called. Did they have a lounge and a cappuccino maker? Well, they're they've introduced something called Surface Hub. Surface Hub, right, right. Which yeah. is a full multi-touch screen with an integrated yes. Windows 10 computer, integrated camera. Um, microphones and it automatically goes to whiteboard two styluses at a time multi-touch and VTC all built into an 84 inch 4k mm. screen hey mark I hear it's really smart yeah I, yeah, I was gonna say who manufactures that panel not Microsoft probably not right I mean well they do have perceptive pixel mm -hmm. um, which is theirs but I don't know who OEMs that either so it's a very interesting question the question was do we think you know, I know the question posed in the article was, do we think this will change change anything as far as AV goes? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a game it, changer. I do. You do? I think so. I, I, think, so. I think we have these on the market already. I mean, we have MondoPad. We have Clary One Screen. We have some smart. Some yeah, smart but the whole models. thing with Microsoft and being in the AV environment and not showing anything last year and letting us all down, now they're going to go to ISE with this. And I think now Microsoft, the entry into the AV space with – this product, it's it, it is game changing because it's Microsoft. Probably not I think because it's of the technology done. itself. No, I know you say you say I know it's been done, but I'm saying it's Microsoft coming in and saying here we are, you know, in AV. So here we are. We're Microsoft, and we got a bunch of old technology that we're displaying for you, and <laughs> packaging it as new. That's awesome. Not yeah, okay. I, cha I changed my mind. This makes no sense at all. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really just saying it just to say it, it really matters. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Where, are they one of our sponsors? Uh oh. No, not yet. <laughs> okay. Not I mean, okay. if they're one of our sponsors, then hey, Microsoft's got new stuff. <laughs> no, but, but in all seriousness, this is what's essentially been announced as Microsoft's entry into the AV industry. Is it new? No. 
Okay. Has it been done before? Yes. By a few companies already. And let's see, is Link involved? I mean, I don't know. You know, I, now, I've got, I mean, I've got, I've got planars collecting dust in my warehouse that are 28 point touch 4k. They're not, uh, they're not a sponsor of ours either. Are they? No, no. Okay. Uh, wait, Zinger <laughs> Microsoft planner. Um, <laughs> still, if, if you're going to, if you're going to rebrand old garbage as new stuff and say, Hey, this is new because we put our name on it. That's not going to get you any cred with us. I mean, that that's, that's going to go out the door with booth babes. Like we don't want to see that stuff. We want, Wait. we want something new. We want something hot. We want new technology. What was that? You, you're going to – you really – booth babes are going to go away? Get them out of here. Get booth babes out of here. When I go to a booth, I want to talk to somebody who knows technology. And, you know, we have attattractive women that work for our company. And Allison. there's there's Allison. there's attractive women right here on the screen. <laughs> but they have to know their technology. If not, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste my time at all with somebody who just wants to scan my card and, and they were hired because they look good. No, that's not what I go to a technology show for. I go to a technology show so I can learn about new technology. And if, if somebody's going to put a booth babe on a corner or rebrand old crap, it's the same. <laughs> well said then. Manufacturers yeah, so coming to Infocom, you've heard the word. So, so kudos to Barco for putting mostly male guys in soccer shirts on their booth. Yeah, but I can tell you myself, I would much rather hear, I'd much rather hear Ted and Bill drop some knowledge. You know, I mean, it's it's cool for Barco to have such a wealth of knowledge. I mean, those guys are heavy hitters, and, and yeah. that will bring me bring me into a booth much faster than you know. Absolutely, and, yeah. and again, you're right. Going to a booth, this is exactly what you want to hear. You know, yes. You don't want to so, get your badge scanned. I mean, Allison. So if you're yes. taking feedback, I would say, you know, what Phil just said, I echo that. I mean, one of the coolest little demos I ever went to was when Joe Kane was in a booth at Infocom and was showing production level, you know, uh, clips of Mad Men and what they look for with noise and why certain screen materials reflect different things and how you get better resolution out of different vinyls and, and game coatings and things. It was awesome to have somebody of that level sitting in the booth in this little theater and give a 20 person class for 40 minutes. And so mm -hmm. you need Ted, Bill and Ted, um, you know, you, you go through a phone booth in a little with a TV antenna on top, a little electricity hits it. <laughs> you walk through and you're transported, you escape, you, you escape into Barco land, right? And you get the Cinnabon laser guy for 40 minutes. That would be amazing. And you would have 40. people lined up for it. You would have people lined up for hours. I think it should be Barco Land the Ride. There you go. Every day is a ride. Every day is a ride in Barco Land. Yes. And and on day one, let somebody die. And then it'll be it'll be way busy. <laughs> somebody dies every day in Barco Wait a minute. No, 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 no. We'll talk about this, Allison. Um, okay. okay. But anyway, hey Dad, Mark, you got you got to send this crowd your uh, SDK for escape. They've got all kinds of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, we are. We are your new. We are your new ground level level developer. So if you have an API, an SDK, whatever you got with three acronyms that you want to send us, okay. Marco, <laughs> this is going to be the wildest ride at ISE and Infocom. I'll tell you right now. So you all have to check out Barco. You are going to have the experience of a lifetime, okay? 
no question. I think that's the point. That's that's the mm-hmm. point. You'll get a you'll get a laser wrap in 3D. Phil <laughs> uh, will be at screen. the booth wrapping lasers. Sh- they'll be shooting lasers. Duck. Okay, it's the ride of your life. You may die. Uh, Phil, would you like to dress up as a Jedi and wrap lasers? I, I can't back any of that up, guys. Uh, that probably would not happen. Okay. Uh, no, hey, no bad ideas in a brainstorm, okay? <laughs> Phil, Allison will be calling you right after this is over, okay? Yeah. So get ready to travel okay. to Europe. Um, anyway, Mark, we were talking about sponsors. Do we have a sponsor here on Rave Radio? We do, and I, and I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, before we wrapped up the show tonight, if I didn't give out our sponsor. So, you know, we have a sponsor. Our sponsor is an AV distributor, Corey. So they distribute all sorts of AV products. In fact, they distribute products from the company that, that I helm mm. um, uh, a territory for. Mm. And uh, so the company is Ingram Micro. And they have products from the House of Rock to the House of AV, I think they say as their, their slogan there. But uh, if you're out there in Radio Land and you're listening and you need some great AV products at some awesome pricing, um, you should go to ingrammicro.com and check that out. So from the Cavalry Ride Show, I would like to say, Corey, I want to thank everybody for coming. We had a sin evangelist. We had, yes, we did. A laser engineer, who I'm sure has more than a CTS as initials behind it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope so. I yeah. really do. So you when know. you go to school for laser for laser engineering, Bill, which which CTS Infocom course do you take? <laughs> so I got to drop off. Like I'm I'm late for a dinner, but uh, I'm not I'm not actually a laser engineer. I just uh, got a bunch of really smart guys to. Uh, uh, follow me down this road, and after a mere ten years, we've got laser in cinema. So, well, Mark, congratulations! Hard says laser guy. Okay, we thank, we thank you so much, Bill. We thank you so much, Ted. My pleasure. You're, you were excellent for sure. Thank you, Allison, for coming. And if, you're welcome. I'm never going to thank Corey for showing up, but Stacy and Chuck, <laughs> we appreciate you. And our our very special guest, Hi Fi. Hi Fi. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been Everybody a blast. Out. Thanks a lot, Phil. This has been so special, I must it say. It has been. And hopefully, and Mark, we, learned, and hopefully Mark, we all learned something from our, uh, from our two smarter guests, Bill and Ted, today. So. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. There we go. So, in, in the theme of that, everyone be excellent to each other this week. This has been the Cavalry Rides show. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Good. Thanks, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.